Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Hello, everyone. This is Startup SLC Podcast, a collaboration with Salt Lake City Corporation Department of Economic Development and Small Business Development Center out of the Miller Business Resource Center at Salt Lake Community College. My name is Roberta Reichelt. I am in the Department of Economic Development, the Local Business and Entrepreneurship Manager. And this is Peter Collister. I'm with the Salt Lake SBDC, and we have two guests with us today. We have Deb from the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Business Program and Trina, the owner-operator of Buzzed Coffee Truck. And today we wanted to dig into what is the Goldman Sachs program, what does it do for companies that go through it, and what are some of the outcomes. And so, Trina, uh, you and I met what, three years ago, three or four years ago? Probably three, because we've only been in operation coming up on four years. So about three, a few years ago, anyway. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you operate Buzz Coffee as a mobile mm-hmm. coffee truck? Yep. We're basically a coffee shop on wheels, full service, espresso, nitro. So we do events, catering, as well as have a typical weekly route. If you need a coffee shop, we can come to you. But I like your route, your area. You kind of have a specific focus geographic area where you are. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, we operate primarily in the northwest quadrant of Salt Lake City. So Rose Park, out by the airport, kind of that area where there is not a lot of coffee option. So. Much needed. Coffee desert. Yes, it is. Coffee coffee desert. It's gotten a little better. I mean, we do have a few more options on the west side, but it's still lacking. So. You were one of the pioneers of that area <laughs> oh, for coffee. What made you choose that sector? Was it market research or did you just work over um, there? Did you have a need for that? So I actually live in Rose Park and was working in the community at the time as well, like a 10-minute walk, two-minute drive. And so I didn't have an opportunity to like get a cup of coffee on the way. And I got really tired of that and wasn't feeling completely happy and fulfilled in my career and was pretty active in the community. And people were like, we need a coffee shop. And I was like, yes, we do. And I'm going to do it. So here we are. (laughs) I hope to have a shop in the community someday. That's the ultimate goal. So do you have more than one truck? Just one truck for right now. Yeah. How do you determine your routes? Um, A lot of it was trial and error, you know, looking at, especially in that first year, trying to maximize time because time driving, you know, that we're not gaining revenue. So figuring out like what spots we could hit at what time of day to maximize revenue in the short window that we have to sell coffee because it is, I mean, it's an AM business for sure. So it was a lot of trial and error. Honestly, you know, you should just follow me around. I drink coffee all day <laughs> yeah, long. Me too. There's deal. certain people you <laughs> can just target. And what about the limitations as far as location? Like, you can't be everywhere. You might want to be as a food truck. Are you considered a food truck? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All the regulations that apply to food trucks apply to us. And I mean, we primarily operate in Salt Lake City, so I'm more knowledgeable about their regulations and laws. I can't speak to the rest of the county, but. Yeah, we can't go everywhere we'd like, but usually I've been good at finding creative ways to get where we want to go. And usually, especially on the business side of it, if we're going to a business, they're usually very excited and very receptive and stoked to have us there because it's it's nice to have a little coffee option in the parking lot. So I heard a rumor that you are working with Disney to help keep their crew caffeinated. 
that the rumor is true. Yeah. I'm very grateful for the film industry here in Utah. It's pretty healthy. I mean, we have a good film industry and Disney has shot a few of their network shows here as well as some movies. And we've been fortunate enough to cater for their cast and crew on Andy Mack, uh, which was in production that has since ended and now High School Musical. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. How do you get those contracts or relationships is it word of mouth or you do you reach out to them do they reach out to you so very fortunately i was really lucky i think my first week open in business i got this call for a movie that was filming it was literally like the first week we were open and a lot of the crew members are kind of freelance so they're working on different shows and different movies that are filming and just word of mouth so that was Since I opened, there have been a lot more coffee trucks that have opened. And when I first opened, there wasn't really a coffee truck operating under the model that we do. And I think being first to market was a very big advantage. So Trina, why don't you talk a little bit about when you first had this business idea and you were like, well, what am I going to do? Most people, you know, were pretty entrepreneurial in general, but where did you go? What did you do? Who did you reach out to, to get to kind of when you first started versus where you're at now? Great question. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research. And initially, I really wanted to have a brick and mortar. Like my first thought was a food truck or coffee truck was never really the initial thought until I started to research how much opening a physical location actually is. And my background is in special education. So I knew that banks were going to laugh at me if I was going to ask them for (laughs) $200,000. You know, like the food and beverage industry is a risky industry as is and with someone with no experience. So I kind of started to get creative and try to, you know, I was like, well, the food truck seems pretty alive and well in Salt Lake City. And I wonder if I've never seen a coffee truck. And I started to look into that and I found a gentleman in New Mexico who had operated a coffee trailer for quite some time. And he was an invaluable mentor to me. Like He told me his mistakes, his successes. That was really helpful. So I would suggest if you do have a business idea to make sure you reach out to people who have, if it's something that people have done, their experience is very helpful. So let's score score. I went to a like a jumpstart your business or one of those introductory classes. It was at the downtown library. And that was also, I think, very lucky that I attended that because they laid out how many different resources there are across our state. And yeah, that was very helpful. So I started seeing a mentor at SCORE. They really helped with the business planning and that aspect. And then for funding, because I did did need some funding, I found out about the Salt Lake Economic Development Loaned Fund. There we go. It's a mouthful. And was able to secure funding for the truck through that program. That's awesome. How did you make your way to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program? Um, well, In getting hooked into all of these different organizations, you know, I went to like the Women's Entrepreneurial Conference and that was before the truck had actually physically opened. I had the truck, you know, it was being built, getting in the planning stages. And I just remember Karen Pally talking about the Goldman Sachs program was really well represented there. So I kind of heard about it then. But what really got me interested was another mentor of mine, Emily Bradley Potts, who is the owner of Sugar House Coffee. She's an alumna as well. And she just talked about how amazing the program was. And I kind of I looked into it and looked into the requirements and hadn't quite 
met the time or the revenue requirements, but just made that a goal. Like I really wanted to get into this program and get this knowledge. And so I set out to do it and applied and yeah, was fortunate enough to get in. Well, I think that's a pretty good segue into kind of the history of of the program and, and when we launched our site here in Salt Lake City. I believe we got the grant in 2012 and we launched in January of 2013. So we were getting the grant, getting trained on all the curriculum, onboarding processes and procedures, and then launched the program in 2013. And to date, we have barely over 600 alumni out of the program just from Utah alone, from all different regions, mostly from the you know Intermountain region here within Salt Lake, Davis County, and Utah County. But we've had a number from Ogden and Weber counties and a number from up in Cache County as well come through the program. So this program was, I believe, the brainchild of the former CEO of Goldman Sachs, Lloyd Blankfein, who has since retired, that said, hey, we're looking for something to do out of our foundation, went to some of his board advisors and said, the best thing that you can do do is create programming that's going to help to drive small businesses. So they partnered with Babson College. They're right outside of Boston, and they've been the leader in entrepreneurial education for 25 or 26 years. And so they created this best-in-class curriculum and started launching sites around the country. I believe we were the eighth site that was onboarded here in Utah. Not every city or state has a program. However, there is a national blended program. So if you're in a U.S. state or U.S. territory that doesn't have the program, you can apply to the national program and they do a blended model. So I believe we're one of about 16 sites now that have it. So we service all of Utah. Um, if you're more than three hours, I think you have a choice to either drive up and come to us or you can you know, do the virtual blended program. So the program is based on a few things. We're judged on two very, very specific metrics that most of us in economic development and business growth are are judged by is revenue generation and job creation. So there's some specific metrics on the front end that lead to that. So Goldman Sachs didn't really want to be a part of growth in the first two years of business. That tends to be a little bit more squirrely. You're not quite ready for the curriculum. (laughs) Trina's laughing. Um, You're just not quite ready. You're figuring out processes. You're figuring out, you know, can I make this work? So the minimum metrics to get into the program are two years legally in business, the equivalent of four full-time employees. So that can, you know, be an owner, co-owners, it could be contractors. They just have to add up to four full-time employees and 150,000 in annual revenue from the year before. But we don't have a cap. So we've had businesses go through that are 70-year-old family-run companies and 35 million in annual revenue. So we run the program. They're called cohorts. We run three a year, one in the fall and then two in the spring that overlap for about six or seven weeks. And we are always looking and recruiting for great businesses just like Trina's from all walks of life in the business sector to apply for the program. If you apply and get in, it's a scholarship-based program. So you actually don't pay a dime to be in the program. It's all Goldman Sachs's money and investment into our communities. And it's pretty phenomenal. It's about a 15-week high-level intensive growth-minded program based on the one thing that you start out with in the program is generating revenue. How do we do that? We don't really want more of the same because you figured out how to do that, but it's really looking at a new growth opportunity, a new source of revenue. So what is that opportunity for you? and writing your growth plan, which is your metric to graduate out of the program based on that. So it's teaching businesses really how to operate and grow at a sustainable level. No, you're not in class every day for 15 weeks. We know that you have a business to run and a life to live. So it's usually, it's 11 full day learning session over that time. You know, we have four clinics that are usually in the afternoons on a Tuesday. So we have three full-time business advisors in the program that go out and meet with our businesses in the cohort six to eight times to help them and be that voice of 
of reason. It's always the business owner's decision, obviously, but they go out and meet with them and assist them on their way through this growth plan. And once they graduate, we take what's called metrics to validate that the program's working and doing what it says it's supposed to do. So we take what's called measurement evaluation, and it's basically questions around revenue generation and job creation. And we do that at baseline when they start the program. Um, at graduation, when they graduate from the program, six months after graduation, 18 months after, and 30 months after. And those statistics are actually on the application website. It's 10ksbapply.com. And it talks about what how businesses grow in the program, how many jobs they create. And it's pretty staggering, the success of the program around the country and what it's been able to do for the businesses. I think some of the best things that happen is the peer learning environment. I'm not sure. I don't recall the number. It was probably 30 or 32 that was in your cohort. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about what you gain from being in that peer learning environment? Yeah, the peer learning environment is it's huge. And I, you know, I still keep in touch with a lot of my classmates and a few of us have done business together. And I know a lot of cohorts seem to follow that kind of model. But I mean, I want to start off by saying by the program's phenomenal and invaluable. And I gained so much knowledge, especially coming in, not knowing very much. <laughs> Every second of the day is spent learning. Like they, you guys run a tight ship. Like when you say we start at 830, you better have your but in the seat at 825 because <laughs> learning starts at 830 and, you know, the full day is packed. So it is, it's intense. It's intense. It's exhausting, but it's incredible. It's an incredible journey. And I think I speak for a lot of the graduates. I mean, everyone that I've talked to that has gone through the program has not regretted it. I mean, they like it, have gained some valuable information. So I think what I really miss is and I know this is a joke with a lot of the cohorts, but it's like Entrepreneurs Anonymous. You know, it's like the support group of entrepreneurs, of people who get it, people who are going through it, people who are in the trenches, because it it can be a pretty lonely world at sometimes. I think we have this romanticized, or society has this romanticized view of what entrepreneurship is. And it's it's not like, I love like people when they say, oh, you must get being your own boss must be so great. You must get to take off. Like, you can take off whenever you want. Right. I was like, well, yeah, I guess I could. The business isn't going to be successful. So anyway, it's just really nice to come together and talk to other business owners who have the same problems. And that's one thing that comes out is no matter how small or how big your business is, we are all encountering the same challenges. And I'm pretty sure I was probably the smallest business in my cohort revenue-wise because I was right at barely the minimum requirement. And I know there were some $10 million businesses. And so everyone has such valuable knowledge in that class from the instructors and the people who have been in business. And it's just, it's a really therapeutic place and it's a great place to gain knowledge. I just can't say enough good things about my experience in the program. What were some specific things that you got out of it to grow your business? Oh my gosh, how much time do we have? Um, no, <laughs> wow, the marketing stuff was great. Really looking ahead, looking ahead and planning for growth and exit strategy was something I never had going into starting this business. And I learned why that was very important. So, you know, having that, the legalities, all of the legal stuff and legal support we got, like, as an employer, understanding just there's 
just so much. It, it was really mind blowing meeting with the lawyer and kind of scary. Like the legal clinic is a little <laughs> scary, I think, for everyone. But it's so valuable to have that knowledge to try and protect yourself against, you know, what could happen in litigation and stuff. So that was amazing. The process mapping, that was also, I think that's been something that I was able to implement fairly quickly and see great result, like mapping your processes. For my business, you know, greeting customers at the window to cleaning the espresso. There's so many processes. And if we can map it out and have a consistent way that everybody in the company is doing it, I found that's huge. That's very important for longevity of companies. I, I learned I learned so much. I could talk for hours, mm. <laughs> but I well, won't. Coming back to the program, uh-huh. how many companies apply to the program to the Utah one every year? Sure. So us running it three times a year, one of our requirements in, in hosting this program is 100 applications every cycle. So that means we get 300 or a little bit over 300, 320 applications a year. And what usually comes out of that is, you know, 70 to 75 are usually what's called qualified complete. Complete means they just actually completed the application. Qualified means they meet those three minimum metrics, the two years, the four full-time employees and the 150000 in annual revenue. From there, most people don't understand that this is kind of a three-part application process. So the first part is that baseline metrics we've talked about. There's, you know, some small questions. Who are you? How many years have you been in business? What's your business called? How many employees? Revenue? Why do you want to be in the program? And sign and date. Um, from there, if you're qualified and you meet those three minimum metrics, you're invited saying, hey, you get an interview if you do this next step. So it's 11 more detailed questions to fill out. It's uploading of financial statements to verify that you are who you say you are and you do meet those requirements, that you do have a legal stake in the company, that you're an owner or a co-owner, and that you really have you know, a commitment to want to be in the program. Uh, obviously, we only want people that want to be the program. They want to grow. So if they complete that part, they get assigned a 15 to 20 minute interview. Um, and we have different panelists on those that, and the cohort is selected from there. We don't get to choose who gets in. We can make recommendation, but there's a third party group that Goldman Sachs has hired so that we have a kind of a hands-off approach of who gets selected. So we're not playing favorites, so to speak. But from there, we usually end up graduating anywhere from 90 to 120, depending on how large the cohort is. It's usually 30, but capped out at 40. So anywhere in there is about how many people go through the program. And Some of the things that we do create that help is not just in the program. After the program, what we try to do as part of the wraparound services is connect them with other resources in the community. Okay, did you get market research from the SBDC? Maybe you need to go back and meet with Peter again and talk about marketing and let's use this part of what you learned in the plan and have a mentor help you to implement that portion of the plan. We oftentimes work with, you know, the custom fit funding for training. So uh, workforce development here in Salt Lake Community College or in other technical colleges throughout the state, we tend to refer them to them for other specialized, maybe you need specialized employee training and part of that funding can come from custom fit. Do you need to meet with PTAC if your growth opportunity is to grow in the government contracting sector? So we try to give them services because we know they've been with each other for 15, 16 weeks and they're really connected. And all of a sudden it's like the program ends and our business advisors go to the next cohort. And it's like, what? I I can't continue to do this. So we try to really bring in other resources during the program and panelists and those kinds of things to make sure, listen, after you leave here, you're going to need to continue on this journey because you're kind of, it tends to rejuvenate a lot of business owners. Like Trina said, we tend to segregate ourselves and think that we're in it all alone. So those support services 
staying connected with your cohort and other alumni, asking questions of the alumni that have been through the program, seeking out other mentors for whatever stage of growth, whether it's personal, professional, business, do you need something very specific for your financials because you're growing so quickly? It's really looking at what each of those alumni need and connecting them with those resources after that. But I do know many cohorts, just like Trina said, that they stay connected and, you know, they text each other. A lot of them end up forming, you know, advisory boards for each other. And I believe the metric is about because, you know, we've we've tracked this is 80 percent of the businesses that go through this program nationally do business together. So that says a lot about the trust. You're going through these things together. You're learning a lot. That's one of the metrics I don't think the program was intended to track, but it's been one of those things that's really been awesome to look at. Well, Trina, what advice would you have for a business owner that's thinking about the program? That's a great question. I mean, I would, if you're thinking about it, what's holding you back, I would apply. I would highly recommend applying. The application process felt pretty rigorous to me. I like those documents that Deb just talked about. I remember uploading and finding and tracking down a lot of documents just to get an interview. But I guess like, yeah, apply. If you're not quite at those thresholds, the 150,000 or the employees, you know, keep trying, keep working. I think I applied a little under the revenue requirement, slightly under. Um, So I think, and I don't know if Deb, you can correct me Mm because you're much more knowledgeable, but maybe if you're even close to meeting those and think it might be the right time for your business, like don't let that hold you back. I think the best way I've heard it described is it's like a mini MBA case study on your business. I mean, you're doing a case study on your business and figuring out where you can grow and what opportunities you have. And it's just an amazing gift. If you mm-hmm. if you get in the program, it's just incredible. And, and I think, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do this yeah. program. It's a time commitment. It's a really big time commitment and it's exhausting. And I think at our, our last class, just about everyone cried. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful process from beginning to end. And yeah, I still searching for a space and I, my realtor, was in my cohort. Mm-hmm. She was in my growth group. I've done business with an event planner that I met through my cohorts. That's also been fun to kind of stay connected and do business yeah. with a lot of my classmates. But Deb, how would someone apply? What do they need to do? Yeah. So if you go to the website, 10ksbapply.com, it's the same site for everyone nationally. But once you put in Utah, it gets directed to basically our portion of it. So we can see those applications. Um, if anyone has questions, they're more than happy to email or call me. My email is deb.bilbao. I'm going to spell that because nobody can. B-I-L-B-A-O at slcc.edu. And my office number is 801-957-5336. I think some of the things that really happen with a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't have the time to do it. That's what we actually hear all the time. I don't have the time. Well, I'd like to ask you, if you want to grow, can you really afford not to take the time to figure out how to do it strategically and sustainably? Most people want to grow. They have no idea how to do it. And they're throwing you know, gum at the wall to see what sticks in all different directions. And that is time consuming. What entrepreneurs in the years that I've been doing a lot of consulting with business owners is we tend to naively overvalue how important we are in our business. (laughs) Trina's laughing. Is the time that they take away from their business, they figure out that their people can actually accomplish a lot more. And sometimes they are the one that bogs their business down. And so we encourage them to continue to take the days that they've been in class, take those days off and continue to work on your business. Because if you're in it every day, 
You don't know if you're the thing that holds your business back. Can the business be more productive if you figure out processes through the process mapping? Are you out meeting with other people and generating revenue in the right direction? Would you like to know that you're making those decisions before you spend the time and the money? We have a lot of people, oh, I just don't know if I can commit the time. And then as soon as they do, they're like, I waited too long to get in the program. They say, I should have done this two years ago. I should have done it a year ago. I should have done it six months ago. So that inevitably is what every single entrepreneur entrepreneur that goes through our program says is now they have this tribe and this team and they figured out how to be a lot more efficient and they figured out, do I have the employees in the right positions? Do I have people doing the right things? Because you cannot do it all as the business owner, but we naively get in that, you know, mode of just go, 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 grind, grind, grind. And, you know, that's just not sustainable over long, long years and periods of time. And, you know, heaven forbid, you should want to go sit on a beach for a week, you know, and enjoy life. It's that's part of being a business owner. And you can't figure out how to do that if you don't get out of your business to work on the business. So good advice. Yeah. So Trina, last question for you. If I wanted to find you, how can I track you down or how do I get in contact with you to order coffee? Yeah, great question. We post our schedule weekly on Instagram and Facebook. So that's the best way to find out where we're going to be for the week. We have a fairly consistent weekly route, but occasionally events and things come up. So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, you can find our weekly schedule there. And what's your handle? That's a good, good question, Peter. You're nailing it. Um, <laughs> it's Buzzed Coffee Truck. So Facebook, Buzzed Coffee Truck, and Instagram, Buzzed Coffee Truck. You know, I have to say, I love your merchandise. Oh, thank I won you. one of your coffee cups, the glass ones. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. And it's my go-to, my go-to beer cup. Not good. coffee. It's a but... great, it's, it's good for that too. Cool. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. Well, anything else? Anything we should know about the Goldman Sachs program about Buzzed Coffee? I would recommend that even if you're not at those metrics or you don't quite know that you're, you know, can qualify for the program or you don't know if you have the time is make sure that you're reaching out to your cities and counties, economic development people. I mean, Roberta would love to assist anyone in the Salt Lake region. I know our SBDC, Peter, with you guys, you serve this whole Salt Lake area. There's so many resources available and training and mentors that can assist you with growth early on to get you to the point that you're ready, you know, for the 10,000 small businesses program. And if you've gone through the program, and this is like kind of a little shout out to the alumni is, stay connected and let us know how you're doing and and keep reaching out and keep, you know, motivating to stay on this entrepreneurial path. But there are just so many resources that reach out, ask questions. If you don't know where to go, reach one of us. We'd love to direct you in the right area for whatever you need on your journey. I second that. Use the resources that are available because there are a tremendous amount of resources. So yeah, reach out. Most You're not alone. Free. Yeah, yes. a lot of them, so many. Well, yeah. you prepaid in tax dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> I say you might as well use them because yeah. you paid for them. So you don't have to be alone. Yes, absolutely. Journey. Don't sit and squander yourself. Well, thank you all. It's been fun. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.